In three, two, one, action. <laughs> nice. I'm not Mike. <laughs> Welcome to the weekday. That's not Mike. Uh, that was not dead air you just heard. I know dead air is always good for an audio podcast, but it's a good thing we also released this on YouTube. Thanks so much for joining us here on the weekday. This is episode 70 something. We haven't been here in a while. We no, have we been doing a lot of things this summer. Hear me out. Maybe what we need to do, if we want more people to watch this on YouTube, maybe we should include more dead air. Oh, so then people yeah. are just wondering yeah, what's really going on. There what if... Mm-hmm. Hear me out. Uh-huh. <laughs> what if we just did ASMR things where Ooh. I just got real close to the microphone and ate my protein bars? What, what would you th- say about that? Gross. Gross. No, I don't like that. Wait. Don't like that. What? There it is. Your camera's dead. <laughs> that took way way too long to get there we, there. we have been out of practice there is more dead air that's true you did it <laughs> uh so after this awkward start welcome to the weekday like i said already uh in progress here yeah we've been off for about a month um we didn't do that on purpose uh justin went and got married he got hit i did that on purpose yeah, you, <laughs> yeah. that wasn't I mean, just like a spur of the moment thing no that's good no, that's that good was, that was on purpose uh justin got hitched and then i went out of town we went on vacation and then the week after that mike went out of town on vacation and then the week after that we ended up having to shoot a whole bunch of stuff yeah. uh over our podcast times yeah. and now we're here mike is unfortunately a little under the weather so we have replaced him with his better looking younger cousin austin <laughs> slade austin of figuring it out fame uh, a, a show that's kind of taken a seat for a little bit yeah uh indefinitely do we want to release it now it's on an indefinite hiatus or is it a definite hiatus indefinite hiatus indefinite hiatus yeah. cool Figuring it out may be back uh, in the future uh, <laughs> once they figure some things out. You see what I did? We did it. Hey. Um, so we are going to launch into a number of topics today. However, um, before we get going, as we kind of wind down the summer, uh, yesterday was my birthday, which prov- pr- provincially means hey. that it's the... I wasn't saying that for claps. Hey, I was Annie, saying that... Happy birthday. Uh, I, just, I just coughed up there. Happy birthday. Thanks, pal. Uh, everybody on YouTube can welcome... Yeah, drop a happy birthday. Yeah, drop a, <laughs> drop a cake emoji into the thing down there, into the doodly dude. No, uh, I wasn't saying that because of that, but typically my birthday signals the end of summer, okay. uh, at least in the provincial United States. Typically whenever my birthday hits kids were going back to school fall things were starting to ramp back up it really feels lots like fall pumpkins, yeah it pumpkins, really feels like yeah. fall in florida it's like 92 today <laughs> it's actually it it's 90 uh the high was 91 so one mm, degree less um but uh i wanted to get rid of all of that and i really wanted to ask you guys a burning burning question mm. what do you put on your ha- your hamburger well first cheese so okay. it's a cheeseburger. Okay. So cheese. Yeah. What else? And then lettuce, tomatoes, onions, and pickles. Okay. And mustard. Okay, you're so you're a mustard guy. Mustard guy. Justin, what about you? What do you put on your hamburger? Ooh, so I got I got two answers for that. Ooh. The first is good old gotta be cheese. Mm-hmm. Pickles, <laughs> onions, tomato, lettuce, ketchup, and mustard. Okay. Second you, one. You're both and. Exactly did, wait, the did same I, thing. I'm sorry, did I say ketchup? You did not. Okay, I your, your turn is done big sorry. mistake your turn is done <laughs> big mistake. you no longer eat ketchup sorry second is exactly the same thing except substitute the mustard and ketchup with mayo 
Oh, so you do you're, you're an either or. You don't go either or. It depends what I'm feeling on that day. Okay, because mm-hmm. like I've some of the best hamburgers I've ever had have had ketchup, mustard, and mayonnaise yeah. on it. I've had that I can too. See that that that's pretty good. Usually, for some reason, if I have. I, if, if I do both of those, I'd like in, I, for some reason I leave the ketchup out. I don't know why. It just makes sense in my head where I have mustard and mayo, but okay. no ketchup. Okay. So second question, follow up. What do you put on your hot dog, Austin? Ketchup and mustard. Okay. Mm. You're committing a crime. Mm. <laughs> what do you, Justin, what do you put on your hot dog? Cheese, relish, <laughs> ketchup, Wait. mustard, that's all you need. What? You're committing a crime as well. Cheese? Yeah, cheese dogs. What? He's like Sonic you the Hedgehog. You don't put cheese on every no. hot dog you consume? No, Holy. because I like my body and I like my arteries and I don't want them clogged mm. with cheese. Yeah, that's... My arteries love cheese. Yeah, well, <laughs> Justin, who couldn't gain a pound if he tried. Yeah, exactly. Uh, married life is treating him real well. He's <laughs> the same weight. He hasn't done anything yet. Of course, it's only been a month and a half now. Um, okay, the reason I say you're committing a crime is because there was a eternal and eternal debate this entire summer that I was a part of on a couple of other podcasts I did that really started diving into the food complexities of summer foods. So or not the food complexities, but you know, the, the, the condiment complexities, let's say of Mm. other separate foods. And the, the right answer is you put ketchup on a hamburger. Okay. You can put mayo and mustard. That's fine. But ketchup goes nowhere near a hot dog. What? You have never tried a just mustard hot dog. I have. I don't like it. It's amazing. Mustard brings out hot dogs by themselves are pretty much just pig lips and pig hooves and all that. Love to think about that. Yeah. And they're just mm. smashed against a wall and then put into a casing <laughs> um, ground up and, th- and but you know, blended up or whatever. But the mustard brings out some sort of flavor goodness. It's like with a sausage. Do you put ketchup on a sausage? Absolutely not. You put mustard on there, right? Yeah. Like usually a yellow mustard or a brown mustard. Yeah, exactly. Why wouldn't you do the same with a hot dog? A hot dog is essentially a sausage, just like this redheaded stepchild of but a that, sausage. But that's why it needs the ketchup. I, I, <laughs> the it, redheaded stepchild. If you're having to mask the flavor of something you're eating with ketchup, then I think I'm calling the cops. Okay. So I'm dialing them right now. Okay. So, where, what are acceptable circumstances to have ketchup in? Like, well, like, like obviously, we Chicken said nuggets, we okay. hamburgers. That's it. I mean, you can put them on fries. Okay. You can do, you know, all sorts of stuff like that. I'm just saying your hot dog, a traditional summer food, does not deserve the disrespect of ketchup on top of it. What about mm. eggs? Ketchup and eggs. Yeah, I do that all the time. I do ketchup and salsa, ketchup and sriracha, ketchup and hot sauce, or uh, eggs and hot sauce, eggs and... <laughs> I do. You don't do ketchup and hot sauce on your eggs? Oh, I thought you just meant... No, I'm screwed no up, man. Hey, listen, I'm... <laughs> there's, it's, a, it's a thing right now, okay? Just leave me alone. I've got, I've got raccoon eyes from my hat and the light, and I just... <laughs> stop it. <laughs> anyway, uh, all that to say, I would love to hear what all of y'all also eat. Also, last question. What's the scariest bug you've ever seen? Oh, I, I, I don't know the name of it. That's what was story. it? That's why... I don't know. It was this big, th- big round-ish oval-shaped bug okay, okay. with like pincers. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. I don't know what that was. Cool. But That's I a saw- crab. 
Yeah, yeah so it, was, it was a sea crab. It was an Alaskan crab. <laughs> Caught me so hard. What, what, what about you, Justin? What's the scariest bug you ever seen? Cicadas. Oh yeah, because mm, you know it's gonna wreck. Scary. It is gonna wreck everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and they sound terrible too. Yeah. Uh, cool. Well, I want to know all about your summer foods and all about your scary <laughs> bugs. Throw them in the doodly doos below. We're gonna take a break. I'm gonna go cough along the side here, and uh, we'll be right back. Hey everyone, thanks so much for being a part of the weekday. I just want to let you know that Bay Hope Worship is releasing new content, new songs all the time. Uh, make sure to go head over to our, our YouTube, our Instagram, or our Spotify account. The links are down below in the description and uh, check them out. All right, in three, two, one. Action, we're back, Jack. Don't call it slap. Okay, um, <laughs> welcome back. Welcome back to the episode. Welcome back to the show. Uh, we are going to dive into a topic that has been really blowing up social media and blowing up the Christian world uh, for a while now, for a number of years. It's really hit, started to hit a high over the last two years since the pandemic yeah. started hitting. Yeah. Uh, but before that, Justin had another question he wanted to ask. Wait, what? <laughs> you said, and I quote, what if I had another question I wanted to ask? Gotcha. He gave, Dang he it. gave him the opportunity. Gotcha. That was, supposed to be, that was supposed to be before when you still had to cough. I understand. My my job. But now you cough. My job as the point guard is I don't necessarily score. I pass the ball around. I and make sure everyone else do. looks good. I'm showtime. You're John okay? Stockton. Here's the issue. I'm not I John Stockton. I have no, no idea what to do. No, with I am it. not John Stockton. My shorts are way longer than John Stockton, okay? <laughs> what, Chris Paul? Go, go, go. No, gosh, not him either. He's, uh, no. Who are you thinking here? I'm thinking Steph Curry. Okay. Nope. <laughs> the leading score in the league. Whatever. This He's is a also a point podcast. guard. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> this is not a sports podcast. Speaking of that, um, my good buddy over here to my right. Yes, him. Smile on your camera. Uh, Austin and his buddy Spencer, his roommate Spencer, uh, did a long running podcast called Figuring It Out where they dove into a topic one time uh, about deconstruction. And that's not deconstruction of like taking down margaritas and taking down, you know, guacamole and putting them into their separate parts and eating them in kind of the chef way. That's deconstruction in terms of faith, in terms yep. of faith structures. And I was actually talking with our creative director, David Alonzo, this week uh, after he came back and he had been listening to a couple podcasts with kind of some things that had been happening in the church world. And they really were talking about deconstruction and why it's actually a good thing. Hmm. And so we wanted to dive into that topic a little bit today, not to reproduce what those podcasts are doing, but instead to talk about what it kind of feels like behind the scenes in a church. Because yeah. again, the weekday is ostensibly a behind the scenes church podcast, kind of letting yeah. you know the thing, the, in, the ins and the outs that go on on a staff at a church. We're not going to preach at you. We don't want to hit you over the head with anything. Instead, we want to kind of give you our takes and, and, converse with you and really engage with you and, and how you feel. So let's start with building the frame around deconstruction. Now, yeah. Austin, in the episode that you did with Spencer, and I highly recommend you go look it up. Uh, I'll put it in the doodly-doo below so you can go watch the episode uh, and then you can report back here or you can watch us first and go to them. I don't really care, just as long as we get the yeah. views because um, that's why we do this. <laughs> that, that, that's why it matters. Right. That's the only reason that matters. Um, <laughs> so talk to me from your perspective. What is faith deconstruction? Yeah, um, I think, well, the Avenue Spencer and I, we were kind of thrown around the idea. He, he came up and he asked, 
have you ever heard of this idea of deconstruction? And I said, yes. And I think we should talk about it because we hear a lot about it. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, So basically I think there are two kind of descriptions of what faith deconstruction is. The first description is what you hear a lot of is somebody who was a Christian growing up, grew up in church, grew up in that whole sphere of influence and then got older and realized that either somebody misrepresented the truth or somebody just didn't live up to their message or something they believed was wrong. Mm -hmm. And so they tore the idea of deconstruction is tearing that down. Right. Deconstruction from my perspective was never meant to be um, to never meant to lead people away from Jesus. It was always supposed to say, okay, let's find out what we actually believe. But, and this comes with the second description of it is people have said, I'm like, I'm deconstructing my faith and then have walked away from the faith altogether. So I think those, so you have like the literal term, which means, Hey, like let's dig deeper and find out what the actual truth is. And then you have this idea of, I'm just going to tear down my, my faith altogether Mm -hmm. and possibly just abandon it. Yeah. And that's, and that's the thing I was having a conversation with, um, a pastor, I kind of help, I, I help out with a, a digital church as well. So not just Bay Hope Church, but another church, an online church. And we were having a discussion about that exact same thing, about the idea that deconstruction is not necessarily, not necessarily destruction. Right. It's right. not, they're not the same thing. Deconstruction is uh, essentially, if you look at things like a house, you have a hundred year old house, mm. eventually rot and mold and termites and things are going to creep into the to behind the sheetrock and behind the you know the wallpaper and behind the Mm. siding and stuff and you need to deconstruct those things to fix it to then build it back up stronger right right. but the thing that ends up happening is where i want you to go with this in a a second the thing that we have been sort of the social media zeitgeist that we've been seeing in the past couple years has been what with deconstruction a lot of people leaving the leaving the church, yep. and people throwing out the entire, I guess, history of the church, the good that came with it, the good that came from it, and the bad that came with it as yeah. well. Yeah. Why? Why is that? Well, I think. I mean, if you if you think about it, there are certain things that beliefs they they hold a big sway over us, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, those are personal beliefs. So when you come to find out that something was maybe something that you have believed for years and it wasn't necessarily, it may have not been exactly correct or somebody may have deceived you in that sense, it can be, it can be really frustrating and it could feel like, so this was just a sham Mm. or, and so I think that the temptation is to, to get discouraged and to kind of look back on all the experiences in the past that you've been through and and kind of, and just be really upset about it. Hmm. It's interesting. Uh, Justin, have you ever in your own faith walk, have you ever been through a period of quote unquote deconstruction like that? I wouldn't say that I've quote unquote been through like a deconstruction period in my life, but um, around when I was in high school, I had been grown up Christian my entire life. Um, in the and, church, like actively going to church? Uh, well, yeah, you know what? I, well, I mean, I guess I wouldn't say my entire life because there is a period in um, in middle school mm-hmm. when um, we didn't go to church. Mm-hmm. But from early early years, I grew up in the church, and then there's that period around like high school that we didn't really go, and then I went again in high school. 
Well, I mean, in middle school where I didn't go, and then I went again in high school. Hmm. Um, there is a period when I started that period when I started going again, um, where at this point I had been reading the Bible. Um, I would basically like my routine of like reading the Bible would really just be like opening up the Bible to a random page and then just start reading. Um, and then I'd read for however long I want, usually just like a couple of minutes or so. And then I'd stop. Um, I reached a period when I was like, okay, I need to, I feel like I need to kind of like really make a decision on this. Hmm. This is what I've been, you know, taught and grow, grew up in. Um, but I should probably, if I'm going to go around and say that I'm a Christian, I should probably read the Bible from cover to cover. Hmm. Um, so now, now real quick, what led you to that decision? Cause this is actually a place that I want to go with this discussion, but, but yeah, was that from, uh, a pastor, mentor, leader, was that from a parent? Was that from a friend? Or did no. that just kind of come like innately in your own curiosity? That was, that was just me. I just kind of figured that if I'm going to tell people that I'm a Christian and uh, I mean, you know, growing up in the church and everything thinking like, okay, well, like, you know, this is supposed, supposedly the greatest thing ever. I want to go out and like tell people about this, but yeah. how can I go out and tell people about this if I haven't even, I mean, if I get the question, um, have you read the Bible? Hmm. At that point, I don't know. Like, you know, I was, I was trying to figure out how I would even answer that in my head. Cause I'm like, yeah, like I, I read it, but like, no, like, have you read it from beginning to end? Because yeah. the answer was no. And so I figured I, for one, just as like in like a weird way, I wanted to be able to say, yes, I have. Hmm. But also um, I wanted to be knowledgeable in what I was actually telling people. Um, and if they were to an, like, to ask me questions, I also wanted to be able to answer them as well. So, um, I wanted to read the Bible from cover to cover, but also in that same time, when I started reading, I was a little nervous because in my own head, I was also thinking, okay, I haven't done this before, especially there's a lot of the new Testament, or I mean, a lot of the old Testament that right. I hadn't read. Yeah. And I was thinking in my head, like, this is, this is a really, really old book <laughs> written very, very long ago. Yeah. In my head, I'm thinking, there's no way this will hold up. Hmm. And like in, like through like a modern day lens. Yeah. And I was kind of nervous to read the book. Well, I mean, the entire Bible from beginning to end, because I was thinking in my head, this is, I don't know if this will lead to, like, if I read something that doesn't make sense to me in, like, the current day and age, like, am I going to turn away from the faith? Mm -hmm. um, and that's what I was a little nervous about. So, that would be kind of my own little period of deconstruction. Okay. Um, so... Let me backtrack just a little bit then. Mm -hmm. And that's not necessarily for you. That's for an everybody thing. Mm -hmm. So we find deconstruction happening with people that have quote unquote grown up in the church right. a lot. That's right. kind of the story that you hear. Right. And, and where I'm pulling from is anecdotally from, again, I used this word before the social media zeitgeist, meaning yeah. kind of the the modern day equivalent, the hype, you know, yeah, the, the, the popular view. That's what zeitgeist is. Well, so in the, yeah, go ahead. there you have a lot of, I guess you could say 
social media influencers. That's who, yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's in its influencer culture. And we kind of slammed influencer culture a couple episodes ago. You can go check that out in our playlist below, or you can uh, look up the show. It was, it was a doozy. We had a lot of fun, not necessarily slamming it, but really having a conversation about social yeah. media influencers. But a lot of people, and this kind of started with like Marty Sampson of the Hillsong era, you know, 10, 10 or 15 years ago. Yep. It's been happening a long time, but that was really when social media started coming to prominence was 10 or 15 years ago. Right. And since then, a number of very prominent people have come out and have quote unquote deconstructed their faith. But in reality, it's not really deconstruction. It's a destruction. Right. And the, the story is usually always the same. I grew up in church uh, and... I followed this and I did this and I was at the church every day that the doors were open and my parents made me do this. And then one day I realized that it's not that I don't like church. It's that I don't like the Christians. Mm. And so it's usually ends up being a struggle to like God's people. Yeah. Um, Which and, I mean, rightfully so sometimes God people, God's people have not been great people in a lot of circumstances. God's people are kind of buttheads. Right. Um, and I can, I can use that word. I think, are we going to get sued? Probably not. Uh, <laughs> censored. No. Um, there's a band that is actually from this area. And I, I routinely see the guitar player who owns a coffee house around here. The band's called under oath. Under oath is from the Tampa Bay area. No way. Seriously. Yeah. You didn't know that. I didn't know that. That's oh, awesome. Yeah, okay. They're from Tampa. Yeah, they're from, cool. I, uh, they're, one of their main guitar players who also owns King State, or he's part owner of King State Coffee, no is way. always up at okay. Elevation Coffee all the time. Yeah, his name's Tim. He's, he's awesome. Um, but that band went through a high-profile, quote-unquote, deconstruction. Started as a Christian band, and then Spencer, the lead singer, kind of had some drug issues. And instead, and he tells the story of, instead of being welcomed by the Christian community, right. people were casting him out right and that forced them away and so you you hear this story a lot where people are deconstructing because the christians have forced them out mm. not necessarily because jesus has forced them out or you know some a lot of times it also centers around um homosexuality it centers around you know the the uh, efficacy of marriage it centers around kind of gender roles and gender stereotypes and how christians are are usually pretty judgmental yeah. about all that again going back to the people the yeah. christian people so when Justin talks about, well, he just, he wanted to make sure he was on his faith proving, or he had his faith proven behind him, like that's a, that's a healthy way of deconstruction. Right, what right. What we see is an unhealthy way. So when you see those stories as a, let's remove you from just Christian, good Christian kid who, who grew up in a Christian home and has believed is in, ostensibly his entire life. Right, right. You as pastoral, in pastoral training, in seminary, you as a church worker, what do you immediately feel when you start to read those stories? Stories of people like... Not like Justin. No, no, no. Like, like Underwood. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, the, the high profile people walking away from the faith. Well, first, it's a, I think it's a, it's a level of sadness. Mm -hmm. Because I think God has revealed himself uniquely in the person of Jesus Christ, yes. Uh, but he's given us scripture, right? And Justin, I love what you said, how, you, how it, the entire Bible is is god is god's word is found in the entire bible mm -hmm. right not just the old test not just the new testament not just parts of it it's the whole thing so that means in the old testament and passages that are quote hard to deal with yeah. right problematic yeah and oftentimes i think people have labeled themselves as deconstructing and they've put themselves in, in that in that tribe or in that process or in that camp and it makes me sad because I've like I've wrestled with those questions too, 
I wrestled with, hey, look at the Old Testament. It's pretty violent. Mm. There are parts where I'm like, I step back and say, God, how was how were you in this? How were you in this situation? But the beautiful thing is the more I dug and the more curious I was, the more I felt the presence of Jesus there with me. Mm. And it was a kind of reassurance of, hey, you may not understand this. We can we can dig historically, geographically, we can do all of that stuff, but hey, you're not going to be able to fully understand and that's okay. I feel like a lot of people have who have labeled themselves as deconstructing and that's this is not a slam on anybody in particular. Um sure. But you want to call people out? Yeah, I want to call people out. Go for no, it. I'm just kidding. You got the camera. Go yeah. for it. Um, <laughs> Look right in that camera and start calling people out. Boom. I'll put yeah. the names yeah. up on the screen. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right there. Right next to them. Yeah, right here. Yeah, just a boom. Yeah. 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 Um, no, but I think what's sad is that a lot of these people, they, they only dig so deep. And they get to a point and they kind of throw their hands up and say, I, I don't see how this is relevant. This, how does this affect me today? And they use that as kind of saying, hey, this is, this is why. Hmm. Um, and so, I mean, I guess my initial thought would be sadness and kind of, oh man, you, you were so close. So how then can we combat that as the church, you know, again, as church leaders, but also as church workers, right? how are we actively or not like, or this can be a critique of how we, not necessarily at Bayhope, but capital C church, right? Church all over the place. How are we taking steps to combat deconstruction? We have established the fact that it is healthy. It is, right. a, it is, it right. is a cycle of spiritual renewal that has right. to happen. Right. Because again, go back to the house analogy. If you're not deconstructing your house and then reconstructing it, building it stronger, it's just going to fall down. It's the it's same thing. When, yeah. Yep. Same thing. When you try to build muscles, if you're trying to be healthy, you have to tear down your muscle it has to literally be broken down, deconstructed right. to be right. reconstructed. Right. Recon deconstruction is different than atrophy. Atrophy is just a shrinking. Yeah. A misuse and a, and a shrinking. And that comes from not using. Right. So what are we doing or what are we not doing to help people through this kind of spiritual renewal phase? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's a question that everybody, <laughs> every church worker is grappling with right now. But I think going back to what you were saying about the leader of that band under oath, Spencer, um, we've done a bad job of, I think of as the big C church of creating a space for people to, yep. to ask questions and to doubt because doubt, it like it goes kind of along with deconstruction, a certain, there's a healthy level of doubt, right? That doesn't turn into worry and make you anxious all the time. There's a healthy level of doubt to say, okay, I'm not so sure that this is right, but I'm going to use that to propel me forward mm. and I'm going to find the right answer. Mm. Right. So I think we, as the big C church can do a better job of creating spaces for people to ask those questions. What would a venue like that look like? It could take many shapes and sizes. It could be any, <laughs> kind of what we're doing online. Like a Q and A. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like a Q and A night or, I mean, just really one-on-one -on -one interactions, right. With people to let them know, Hey, I'm like, I'm a safe person. It's okay. I'm not going to just cast you out mm -hmm. because I think that's subconsciously, that's what a lot of people fear yep. is that if these, if they bring these questions to the surface that whoever is going to answer that question, whether it be out of fear, it, it, they're, they're going to answer it the wrong way. And they're mm -hmm. going to say, because like, I don't know, instead of saying, I, I don't know the answer to that, but let's find out together. They would just show them the door and yeah. say, like, oh, are you kidding me? Why are you asking that question? Yeah. You don't need to ask that question. Yeah. 
So I think it starts with really creating a, a safe space to allow people to doubt. There is a, um, I'm going to take it outside of the church realm real quick. One of the things that I've been seeing, so I'm a member of a number of Reddit communities. I Reddit for whatever reason is a great place to go for humor, for tips and tricks, and also just for community. And I'm a member of a number of Reddit communities. I'm also a member again of this digital church. I'm also a member of our own global online campus. And the thing I see more often than not, and this is partially a warning to everybody out there. Uh, if you are this person, I apologize and I'm, I'm praying for you and you can throw hate at me all you want. And then I would love to actually talk about it. There is a certain segment of people of hard and fast Christians hmm. who take stands and instead of actually listening to conversation, instead of actually listening yeah. and putting themselves in people's shoes who are actually asking questions about why would God allow for this or why did God create this or, you know, the questions that we all know are going to come up that have come up. Instead of actually listening, they put up a trite post or a picture of an eagle and you, then a, a Bible verse about how you're going to soar on eagle's wings or God or is good all the time. God all the is time, good all God, the time. Yeah. yeah, and and put up some sort of trite thing, or they take that to the nth degree, and then they start attacking back mm. and literally throwing around scripture as weapons. Mm. And I again, I apologize if that's you, but that is unhelpful. Yeah. In today's day, we don't have to be soft. Nope. The the word of God does not call us to be soft. Nope. To roll over, to not engage. The word of God is alive and active, sharper than a two edged sword. That's right. That is. That is the tool that we carry, but we are not supposed to weld that weapon in anger, in frustration. Mm -hmm. We are actually called to be servants with right. a tool. So we have the sharpest sword known to man, and yet we're called to serve other people, to listen and love. Go ahead. But something specifically about that verse, because that verse gets thrown around a lot yes, it does. for attacking. Attacking, saying, yeah, throwing and, the Bible at people. Yeah. But when it talks about the sword... It's talking about the like the sword piercing inward. Right. It's never talking about the sword taking the sword violently. And hitting and people. Yeah. Yep. It's never talking about that. Yep. And I find that fascinating yep. because it's a little thing like that can that can shift a paradigm in your mind of how you interact with people, how you deal with people who are in this phase of saying, yeah, you know, I have real doubts and serious concerns about the church as a whole or the the church that a certain pastor represented or anything like that. And I think that's that's a shift that we need to take and an approach that we need to put down our, our swords mm -hmm. in that sense. Yeah. It, it yeah. frustrates me to no end when I go through Reddit and, or when I go through even Facebook or Instagram and I see quote unquote Christians who are throwing about with malice and malicious intent words that I don't think I would ever use even if I wasn't a Christian. Um, right. And then, then they wonder why they're getting called bigots. They wonder why they're calling, uh, getting called intolerant. Right. They wonder why all these things are happening. And what's, what is happening is, yes, you are using the word of God as a dual-edged sword. You are piercing. But instead of actually piercing to create repentance, like should be done, again, the, pierce, the turning of the sword inwards, now you are instead piercing relationships, you're piercing culture, you're piercing all, you know, these major constructs that are now pushing and marginalizing people even more. So you're making... Christians, even more Christian, ultra, ultra Christians, and you're making people who don't believe 
angry at you, the Christian, and driving them even further away from the faith. And that is not what we're called to do. That you are, you at at that point, you are now the cause of destruction, not deconstruction. Yeah. Well, and I know you and I have talked about this before, and Justin, I would love to get your thoughts on this as well. I wouldn't. But yeah, forget that guy. <laughs> hey! Um, <laughs> uh, but I think with, in terms of our specific generation, Justin, you and I are on the younger side. What? <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. I think what I've seen a lot from people my age is they've... <laughs> I'm deconstructing my age right now. <laughs> <laughs> but what I've seen a lot of people who are in college or coming out of college or kind of tra in that transition phase of life is they are very quick to reject, I guess, higher institutions. Oh, of, yeah. Of all kinds, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? And so the church just so happens to be one of those institutions. Mm -hmm. And people have often i've heard people often cite uh, the the different like the crusades or the violence between the oh, yeah. protestants and the catholic like, yep. throughout church history and they look at that question and that's kind of a staple question mm -hmm. and they say how yep. why god if you're supposed to be yeah, a peace loving yeah, whatever if you're if you are active in the world if you're alive today then why in your church are people doing x y and z mm -hmm. and so justin i guess i'm just curious have you found that with people you've talked to i don't know people you've worked with yeah um i i feel like i see that especially um just online on social media and stuff like that but i feel like part of that is because um i feel like it's also a lot easier to if you're deconstructing your faith um because of like a certain topic or something i feel like it's if you're already kind of on that road, I feel like it's a lot easier to Google the question, um, why do um, why do Christians bad things happen to good people, people, people yeah. or yeah. something yeah. like, yeah, that. Something like yeah. that? Versus the question, what does God have to like? You know, what does what does the Bible have to say about like hate? Hmm. Um, I feel like it's a lot easier to search for those um, those like articles and everything online that talk about would like that support your view mm. or that look like it, it would support your view. Yeah. Um, because it's a lot easier to accept that if you're already kind of leaning towards that way. So you're proof versus texting, not really studying. Actively, yeah. Versus actively Googling the opposite mm. of what you're doing just to get two different points of view. Mm. Yes. I, I agree to a certain extent. I also think, there is a natural inclination for humanity to control yeah. and to um, self-identify with things and people and, you know, and groups that reinforce what they already believe. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think we as the church are doing a terrible job of walking into those groups that don't make us feel comfortable that we have marginalized mm. and that we have pushed aside and speaking peace and truth in love, yeah. not in anger or hatred and letting people, you know, we're, we, we also do a real bad job at letting people who are quote unquote going through the destruction or deconstruction of their faith. We do a terrible job at actually listening to them and having empathy and understanding that, while we may 
have eternal truth and eternal life on our side that our job is not to slam people in the face with that, but instead to empathize and to listen and to care. I mean, I go, I always go to the story of the good Samaritan. Mm. The good Samaritan has a whole lot going for it, but like the Samaritan was not of the Jewish people at the time. And yet that guy who ostensibly would have been a marginalized deconstructed person. He was ostracized by the the people called the Jewish. Exactly. He instead picked up, he did more than the rabbis did Mm. and he took care of and he, and he, he showed love and he showed, you know, over the top hospitality. Right. And that's something we should be doing. And, and I, you know, again, if you're doing this, I apologize. Like this is, this is one finger pointing at you and then three fingers and a thumb, you know, pointing back at me because I do it all the time. You know, you do it. We all, we all unintentionally do it. And it's our job to check our motivations because people are deconstructing faster and faster and quicker and more often than we realize because we're not willing to listen. And especially in, our continental American culture. We Do you mean American Christianity? <laughs> yes. Yes. I see and it's it's sad for me to see that. But honestly, it encourages me more to go into this like not to like and I'm not knocking missionaries. It's it's great if God is calling you out of the United States. That's fine. But the United States, it needs a lot of work yeah. in and of itself, right? And so when I see people who are deconstructing, and this is something where a, kind of a shift in my mind is God's really been teaching me that thing about the sword, right? That the sword turns inward. It's never meant to turn outward. Mm-hmm. And so, and it's very easy as a person who doesn't like confrontation, as a person who is fine, just sitting on the sidelines and not saying anything. I, it gives me a great peace of mind to know that um, I guess we're not alone in, yeah. in, in the history of the church. Yeah, that, absolutely. That this has been going on for years. Yep. That even the, I guess, the craziness that we may look at in American culture or American Christianity today, it's not it's nothing new. It's nothing new is under the sun, mm-hmm. right? So we can look back at men and women who have dealt with the same thing. And we can see men and women who have deconstructed and who have come out on the other side and said, hey, my faith was made stronger because of this yep. and that's okay. And that's, that's what gives me hope. And that's what helps me to put my sword down, so to speak, and engage with people and listen and actually care about what's going on underneath the surface. Yeah, that's a good call. That's a, and I think that's a good place to wrap up here. Um, I guess my last question is, what if they had Instagram when the Magna Carta was signed back in 1066? I often think about that. Do is you really? In, in like world history, what would happen if, <laughs> if they had, they had Instagram? social media? Yeah. I think it would have been kind of wild. I don't think Magna Carta would have been signed. I think Henry VIII would have like flipped out completely because oh, that yeah. dude was oh, nuts for sure. anyway. For sure. Uh, yeah, it would have been awesome. What if Leonardo da Vinci had Snapchat? Think about that. <laughs> Look at what I'm working on, guys. Yeah, think about how much would have been just been crazy filters of Leonardo da Vinci or just, Michelangelo upside down on the Sistine Chapel. they're not anywhere, Chapel. like, especially with Snapchat, like it's, it's a story, it's a throwaway. Yeah. So it's... Oh yeah, no, no, we never would have known yeah. anything about yeah. Leonardo da Vinci and his <laughs> helicopter, his sub, uh, submarine, or the Vitruvian Man, yeah, or whatever, exactly. all that other stuff. Uh, Justin, anything for anything else before we close up? Mm. 
Wow. <laughs> well, it's kind of funny that you said that. Wow. Let's go for another 20 minutes. No, we're good. Okay. Um, <laughs> we uh, we want to thank you for joining on this. We also want to encourage you. Uh, I know I can some off come uh, sometimes come off as brash and uh, arrogant about this topic, and I don't mean it. Again, this is one finger pointing out and three fingers pointing back. We do want to help you in all of this. Um, yep. There are a number of links below to Bay Hope Church and to kind of our social media accounts that are actually going to put you directly in touch with people that are deconstructing and have deconstructed. And some of them have come out better. Some of them have come out in the destruction phase. And we want you to kind of join our family as right. loving, caring, uh, empathetic individuals that are seeking to minister in the name of Jesus, not in the name of money or status. hatred or status or yeah. luck or greed or anything like that. Because at the end of the day, the kingdom is the only thing that matters. Right. And we need to help people recognize that and not right. beat them over the head with, well, we got the truth and you don't suckers. Yeah. Uh, so do us a favor and just head over to our socials, follow us there. Right. And honestly, like it would be really cool if you shared this video with somebody either through Facebook or through Instagram, if you have it uh, through a profile link, through a, a DM, so Somewhere, or even just a quick text, just hit the old share button down below. Uh, there's the little arrow thing. Send it to somebody and say, hey, listen to these yahoos for a little bit. And even if you don't agree, even if you don't agree, especially <laughs> if you don't agree, but even if you don't, even if you do, or especially if you do agree as well, and you know somebody that's going through this, we would love to kind of give them perspective on what we as the church and, and we as Christians are feeling on how we want to help people. But uh, okay, enough of my rambling. Anything else, Austin? Oh, thanks for having me. Hey, buddy. <laughs> You did great. Hey. Justin? Hey. Congratulations. Thank you. I don't know what, what but congratulations. Hey, thank you. You're welcome. I, I needed that. Oh, you know what, buddy? You, you know what? I'm here. In empathy and love, I'm yeah, here for there you. There we go. Yeah. yeah. Hey, we, we did, did it, guys. It. Absolutely. All right, we're going to go. Uh, we'll see you next episode. We love you. Bye. 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 Hey, thanks for tuning in to Bay Hope TV. Be sure to like and share these videos with your friends as it really does help this channel out. And be sure to subscribe for more Bay Hope TV content. As always, thanks for watching.